Well, good morning. Or should I say, hola, como estas? <laughs> so, uh, it is absolutely great to be back with you. And uh, uh, I'm sure that many people will be sitting there thinking, I wonder if he's going to talk about Mexico. Well, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to do 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 too much. Um, We will do a video and we'll show a video at some point, but uh, can I encourage you? I mean, basically the trip to Mexico was phenomenal. Uh, We went out with three aims. We went out to make Jesus known. We went out to make connections and we went to find out God's heart for the nations and our place within that. And we, we, we did all those things. God gave us the opportunity to do all of those things. From, uh, anger, uh, from Andreas, sorry, Andreas speaking to a street performer who was, uh, standing in the middle of the road juggling. And then when the lights changed, he would nip off. And then when the lights went back to red, he would stand and juggle in the middle of the road. And we're talking a dual carriageway here. We're, you know, main road through the centre of the city. And, uh, uh Andreas, I mean, go and speak to him about it. It's phenomenal. But he, he'd had a word about uh, speaking to someone called Javier. Um, uh, no, sorry. Uh, yeah, Jesus uh, Chewy. And this guy, when we went up and chatted to him, this guy said, well, my name is Jesus, is, is Jesus uh, uh, Chewy. And uh, so, yeah, Andres, come over, come over. And so Andres uh, actually prayed the prayer, uh, took him through the prayer of salvation, and we pray for this guy to see what, what happens in his life. I mean, we don't know. But uh, God was good. We got the chance to stand outside of a hospital as people were sitting outside this hospital. And we went up to them. We were able to pray for them. We uh, we sang over them. We preached for them, preached to them. And I mean, just amazing. Um, in terms of uh, making connections, we were able to meet and connect with people both from Mexico, Brazil, America, Dubai... And have I missed anywhere? I think that was it. Uh, you know, so we got to connect with people, and I know that a number of people have made connections that we're praying will will grow into kind of you know long distance relationships as they stay in contact with each other, as they encourage each other in God, as they encourage each other to go for all that God has put before them. And then in terms of uh, God's heart for the nations, we were able to go to the, uh, the, 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 the regions beyond conference in Guadalajara. We were there with maybe a hundred uh, other people. And uh, we were able to sit and hear all about God's heart for the nations. We were able to share what God is doing in the nations. And we were able to take part in that. And I was, uh, I was sharing at one point... And, uh, you know, as you do, you, you, you say, oh, I bring greetings from Emmanuel Church in Durham, northeast of England. And you just say a little bit about the church. And I, I said, and we have a heart for the nations. We want to see uh, the nations turn to Jesus. And so, as a result, from this church, we've had teams going out. And I started to list all the places where people have been this year. And the list goes on and on. And it's fantastic just to see what God is doing 
working through us into the nations. And, uh, and we pray that as a result, you know, of going out to nations, both people across the countries around the world will come into relationship with Jesus. But also we stand on the promise of God that if we go to the nations, God will give us Durham and we will see revival come into this city that we live in. And so we were able to share about what God is doing in the nations, but also to hear from others about what God is doing in the nations. And uh, and we all came back thinking, wow, God is on the move. God is doing something new. And we want to be part of all that he is doing. So I, I want to encourage you to, to go and speak to those that, uh, that, were, that were in Mexico. So we've got Andres and Brenda. We've got Caroline, who's here. And, uh, and then when, uh, when, when students, Beckley, Tabby, uh, Morksha and Scarlett, when they come back, also find out from them. But there will be a video, but I'm not going to share much now because uh, you'll just get my bit and uh, I want to give space for everyone else as well. But what I will say is, despite the challenges, and for those that were following us on WhatsApp, you will know that we had challenges. Literally just getting to the country was a challenge, but God overcame. God overcame. We had missed flights. We had visa issues. We had, um, I mean, at one point, so luggage going astray. We even were, were taken to a hotel because we had to stay overnight in Madrid. So we were taken to this hotel and the, the checking in system in the hotel went wrong and we had to stand in reception for an hour and a half waiting to get into a room because that's what happens on our trip and we got into our rooms we, we got into bed uh, individually uh, just just to make sure that's clear we got into our respective beds <laughs> digging a hole now aren't I <laughs> and then a couple of hours later we're up again trying to get onto another plane and uh, you know that was for those that managed to even get into the country because unfortunately two of the party were denied entry and just had to sit in the airport so I mean, you know, but God overcomes. Uh, yes, I got no luggage. I have no clothes. Uh, for most of the trip... <laughs> Uh, Sally will not thank me for saying this, but uh, we're family, aren't we? We're all family together. For most of the trip, I had one pair of pants, and that was it. <laughs> and the clothes that I wore on the plane, and a pair of shorts that just happened to be in a different bag. But God overcame, and we were able to witness to people. We were able to share the gospel with people. We were able to encourage people and bless people. We even did the literal bit of feeding the nations. So, uh, you know, we were privileged to be able to feed people from Mexico, from Dubai, from the UK, from Brazil, from America. We were able to bless them both spiritually and physically by feeding them. It was just a phenomenal trip. So do find out um, from the guys that went. But I want to I want to share today on uh, something that God has uh, God has placed on my heart. So um, you'll be pleased to know I'm not just you know going off on a limb. Um, I want to ask a question. We have, and I've mentioned this already. We have a prophetic word over us as a church. Go to the nations, and I will give you Durham. I want to just pose a question. Do we feel as though we have got Durham yet? No. 
Okay? No. Well, I just want to encourage you. First of all, God has given it in the Spirit. Right? That promise has been made. So therefore, in the spiritual realm, we have been given Durham. Okay? If we want to see it, we've got to do something about it. We've got to join our bit into what God has already given. Okay? So, if you want to see that word fulfilled, you know, Listen on. Um, we've had lots of prophetic words lately about the waters of revival bursting forth from this city and pouring out to the nations. And I was able to share this one night in a in a small group. Um, and uh, I, I shared the, the image, well, not the, not the actual picture because I didn't have it with me, but I shared a description of how, you know, um, Sam had come back from a revived conference and said, there's been a prophetic word about the, the waters rushing out from Durham and pouring out and then uh, to, the, to, to the surrounding area. And then it was around about the same time when the water main burst in the centre of Durham and in the natural, we actually saw that. We saw water gushing down the, the main road down uh, down into the marketplace and I was able to share this and say God is doing something new within County Durham. God is on the move in the city of Durham and we are positioning ourselves as a church to be part of all that he is doing. But we've got to do our part and that's what I want to talk about today. So I want to take you on a journey from Abraham through to Caleb to Jesus and then on into the church today. Now, I am very much aware that actually this is the first time I've preached this year other than uh, the kind of the family service. So, you know, I feel as though I'm owed a few more minutes. So I might be slightly longer than my, uh, than my allotted time. <laughs> Thomas, if uh, Alan picks up his own mic, just turn it off, okay? Cool, good stuff. Um, Otherwise, you're walking home. Um, So, in Genesis 18, we see that Abraham is sat at the entrance to his tent. And I want to pose a question. Why was he there? Why was he sitting at the entrance to his tent? By this point, Abraham is an old man. You would have thought that after a morning of managing the camp, of overseeing what all the servants are doing, of perhaps going out into the fields and looking after the sheep and the goats and the cattle, you would have thought he'd want to sit at lunch in a comfy chair in his tent, put his feet up, maybe have a siesta. But no, he is sitting at the entrance of the tent. And it makes me think, why was he there? Did he maybe have an inkling that today something was going to happen? That maybe God was going to walk past? Or had he just had an argument with Sarai? (laughs) I think he had an inkling that God was on the move. That God was going to move past the camp. His tent would have been in the middle. It wouldn't have been on the edge. It would have been in the middle. And I think he had an inkling. I want to be at the entrance to my tent because I have a sneaky feeling that God's going to walk by and I want to be there when he does. And I want to capture his attention and have a chat with God as he walks by. We see in Isaiah 51, we see that Abraham was a man who was a friend of God. I think his heart was there. I want to be there when God walks past. Amen. Let's move forward a few hundred years and and Moses has led the Israelites out of Egypt and they're now camped on the edge of the promised land. God has promised to give them the land and they are ready. Or are they? 
Because Moses sends 12 spies into the land and they go and they have a look. And what do they come back and say? Well, 10 of them say, we can't do it. They're too big. They're too strong. But two of them come back and say, we can take this. God is with us. God will strengthen us. God will give us the land. God has promised this. And so what happens? Well, we, we see that because the 10 came back with a dodgy report, the Israelites said, well, we're not going. And they ended up having to walk around the desert for another 40 years. But then 40 years later, all of that generation are, are dead, except for Joshua and Caleb. <clears throat> and uh, Joshua has now led the people over the Jordan River. They are now in the promised land. They are now seeing the fulfillment of the word that was given to Moses all those years before and to Abraham even before that 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 God would give them this land. They're starting to see the fulfilment. They had to step over the river through that river in order to see the promised land being given to them. And what happens? Caleb walks up to to, to Joshua and I can just see it now. Joshua's there, he's surrounded by, you know, the captains, the guard, the military leaders, and all the rest of it. And Caleb walks in, he says, all right, Josh, that's informal. Uh, They were friends. He says, now, give me this mountain. I am a man of 85 years, and I'm still as strong now as I was when I first went into the land. Give me this mountain. I stand there, I think, wow, Caleb, you've been in the land. You've brought back this report. Because of the people, you've had to walk around in the desert for 40 years. And yet your faith in God is as strong as it was then. Your physical strength in God is as it was then. Give me this mountain. There was no doubt. He knew that the mountain had already been promised. He knew that the mountain had already been given to him. He just had to take possession of it. And we see that he was, uh, he just went and he did it. The mountain had already been given. The words that we see and hear being spoken over us as a church, the word that says, go to the nations and I will give you Durham, the word that says the waters of revival are going to gush up and they're going to go from here to the nations, these have already been granted. These words are already yes and amen in the heavenlies. We just need to join our bit with him so that we can see that come to pass. We, as the bride of Christ, need to partner with God to see those words fulfilled. We don't do it in our strength, but like Caleb, we do it in his strength. And we we see those things come to pass. Now, these two examples, um, Abraham at the entrance to his tent and Caleb, they have two bits in common. First of all, both were advanced in years. I shall use that phrase. Uh, And I'm going to come on to that. But I think both men were hungering after the things of God. They were hungry to see the promises of God be fulfilled in their lifetime. They didn't want to settle for it to be later. They didn't want to settle for it to be in someone else's lifetime. They wanted to see those promises fulfilled in their lifetime. Is that our heart? 
is that my heart? I have to ask myself that question. Is that my, my heart or do I want to go for what might seem to be the easy life and just sit in my tent and just put my feet up and have a nice cup of tea? Okay? Right, let's move on to the words of Jesus. Matthew 5, Jesus said, hunger and thirst for righteousness. When we're talking about hungering and thirsting, um, Psalm 42 says, As the deer pants for the living water, for the flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. There is a desperation for water here. This deer is not sitting there thinking, I could do with a cup of water. This deer is desperate for water. It is consumed by the desire to have a drink of the fresh flowing streams. It's all it can think about. It's all that it desires. It is desperate. It will do anything to get to that water and to step into that water and to drink of that water that is flowing. If I'm hungering and thirsting for right, righteousness, I need to be like that day, panting after the waters of God, panting after the Spirit of God, panting after the presence of God. I need to be desperate for him. I need to be all consumed by him. We have to realise that uh, when the hour comes, when God moves, we haven't got time to get ready. We've got to be ready. So at this point in time, let's get to a place where we are hungering after God, where we're desperate for God. Because when the challenge comes, we won't have time to get ready. We have to be ready. We have to come to things from his presence. Just look at the night when Jesus was, uh, just before he was crucified. He had three trials in six hours. He had to be ready. He got himself ready and he went through those trials. Okay? What does it look like to hunger and thirst? Well, like I say, it's all consuming. It dominates our thinking. It's what we think about first thing in the morning, last thing at night. It's what we find ourselves talking about most. And I need to ask myself the question, am I hungry for the righteousness of God or am I hungry for the things of the world? What does it mean by righteousness? Well, righteousness simply means the rightness of God. We need to be hungering and thirsting to be like God, to be right like God, to live as Jesus lived. The Old Testament law gave us lots of uh, commands, and a lot of these were pretty difficult to achieve. But Jesus raised the bar. So in the Old Testament law, we see things like, uh, um, do not commit murder. But Jesus said, do not even get angry with your brother. The Old Testament law said, um, do not have an affair. But Jesus said, do not even think lustful thoughts. The bar is high. The bar is high. But we've got to hunger and thirst for the rightness of God. But you know what? Yeah, the bar is high, but Jesus has actually made it possible for us to step into it and to step over that. So we don't do it in our strength. We do it in his strength. We do it in his grace. We do it in his mercy. But nonetheless, we still hunger and thirst for the rightness of God. But we also hunger and thirst for the presence of God. We hunger and thirst for the spirit of God. We hunger and thirst for encounter with God. That should be what consumes us. That needs to be what consumes me. 
Jesus was the most righteous man that ever lived. And a key part of his life was his desire for the presence of God. Everything he did, he did from the presence of God. The simple fact is, the only way that I can even get close to being living, to live like Jesus, is to do it from his presence. Is to do it from a constant presence of God, encounter with God. I have to ask myself the question, what do I hunger and thirst for? Well, first of all, I just need to say, we are Trinitarian. Um, Basically, it means we're three parts. We're mind, body, spirit. Mind, uh, soul, body, spirit. Okay? And we need to hunger and thirst for God in all three. Now, for me to hunger and thirst after God in my spirit is relatively easy because my spirit is joined with God's spirit and that's kind of what God's spirit does. It makes me hungry in my spirit for all that God has. But what about my mind? What about my body? Am I hungry for all that God has for me? Am I hungry for all the rightness of God? Am I hungry for the presence of God in my body and in my mind? I run my own company and uh, it's really easy to be consumed by where is the next contract coming from? Because let's face it, that's what puts the food on the table. Well, that's not actually true. God puts the food on the table, but that's a side issue. Um, <laughs> uh, so I can, in my mind, I can get consumed by, oh, there's no money in the business to pay us because I haven't had a contract for a while. Oh, what are we going to do? How are we going to pay the bills? I can get consumed by that. But no, I need to be consumed in my thinking by the presence of God, by trusting the word of Jesus where he says, if you seek first the kingdom of God, then all these things will be added to you as well. I need to be consumed by the word of God. I need to be consumed by the things, by the presence of God. So I need to bring my thought life, my mind, into submission to the word of God. And that says, take every thought captive. I need to be, in my mind, I need to be hungering after the fullness of God. And what about in my body? There's lots of different things I could mention here in my body. But let's suppose I'm fasting. Okay, not something I do very often, as you can tell, but let's suppose I'm fasting and uh, I get to the end of the day and I'm hungry. Okay, now, you know, it says in the Bible, Jesus got to the end of his fast and he was hungry. So, you know, it's a biblical thing to get hungry when you fast. But uh, Jesus had fasted for 40 days. Uh, for me, a fast might be like 10 hours and, uh, and I'm starting to get hungry. Do I give in? Or do I stick to what I've vowed to God, what I've said to God? I'm going to fast today, God, and I'm going to give that time for you. When I'm fasting, do I, do, you know, the whole point of fasting is to miss a meal, to submit to God, to bring your body into submission, but also to pray. And, uh, and there'll be many times when I've fasted and then I've just worked and worked and worked and I haven't prayed. So basically all I've done is gone without food for a day. Well, what's the point in that? <laughs> but God in his grace does still bless that. But, you know, if I, I need to bring my body into submission, I need to hunger and thirst after God in my body. So when we're talking about hungering and thirsting after God, we need to do that in our mind, in our body and our spirit. All three parts of what makes us who we are needs to come into that place of hungering after God. Church, if we want to be salt and light to the world, 
We've got to do that from the presence of God. And we've got to do that from having that desperate hunger and thirst for the things of God. If we want to see revival sweep across this land, if we want to see this city transformed for God, we've got to do it from a place of hungering and thirsting after him. We've got to do it from a place of, of praying, of seeking God, of, of putting him first, of putting down the things of the world and seeking after him first and foremost. Because it's as we put him first, it's as we position ourselves in his presence, it's as we position ourselves in the things of God, as we consume, as we are consumed by a desire for more of him, that is when we will be transformed and become the salt and the light that this world needs that is when we will see the waters of revival pouring across this 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 city and into this nation yes god has already granted it in the spirit realm but we need to do our part we need to be praying we need to be seeking god we need to be desperate to see god move in power when we were away in mexico a couple of us were talking about how we wanted to see more miracles how we wanted to see people coming in um, maybe with, uh, with, with, you know, broken bones, you know, can't hear, even, let's face it, even dead. And we want to see God healing and lifting them up. But we've got to be desperate for God. We've got to position ourselves in God's presence so that it is from his place of presence that we can then say to the, the deaf person, you can now hear, and they hear. The dead person, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk, and they will do that. We were sitting in a, in a burger place, um, and this lady came in begging for money. And she had a deformed arm. And, uh, and, and so we said, well, we can't, you know, we can't give you any moment, we can't encourage that. But what we will do is we will pray for you. And she was like, oh wow, will you pray? For-? So we prayed for her. And I want to stand here now and say that we saw that arm completely restored, but it wasn't. And that like, oh God, I want to see the miracles. I want to see you moving in power like we see in Acts. I want to see that today. But those disciples in Acts, they were hungry for the things of God. They were desperate to see God move. They knew that it was only through the plans and purposes of God that the the, the city would be impacted, that the world would change. And so they positioned themselves accordingly. And that is what we need to do. Alternative things we might be hungering and thirsting for. The Bible says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I've always thought this to be an odd phrase. I always thought, well, surely it's where your heart is, that's where you'll put your treasure. No, it may be true. But where your treasure is, there your heart will be. If you want your heart to be rooted in the kingdom of God, if you want your love to be rooted in the kingdom of God, if you want that to grow and grow and grow, that's where you put your treasure. So you need to think, well, what is my treasure? What is it that I hold most dear? And put that into the kingdom of God. Because if you do put your treasure into the kingdom of God, your love will follow that. Okay? I just want to say, coming to the end, I just want to say on that, age is no barrier. I mentioned at the start that both Caleb and Abraham were old, no, sorry, let me rephrase, were advanced in years, okay? They were advanced in years. 
Right? They, I mean, I can't remember how it says Abraham 80s, but Caleb said, I'm 85. Right? They were advanced in years. I want to say at this point in time, age is no barrier. I will be 51 in a couple of weeks' time. I know I don't look it. I realise I look 20, but, you know, that's just not true. And if you'd seen me getting off the plane the other day, you would know that was not true. I looked like I was 70. You know, Morkshire Blesser was, can I carry your bag? You look like you're really struggling. Um, I'd walked into a bollard and I, I could hardly bend my leg. It was it was a funny thing. Um, but anyway, I, I didn't look my age on, on Wednesday, I can assure you. But I, I certainly looked older. Um, so... But I want to say, I feel a bit like Caleb. My strength in God seems to be growing as I get older. My desire for the things of God seems to be growing as I get older. Yeah, I've done the career thing. And, uh, I can have it. I want to be in the things of God. I want to be in the place of God. And, uh, that's, you know, that's where I want to position myself. But in the eyes of many, I'm too old. Well, I want to say that's rubbish. I could use a stronger word, but I won't because I'm in public company, in in polite company, and we have the youth with us. And I don't want to teach them a new word. But um, I say rubbish to that. Age is not a barrier. You can do anything in the over 50s bracket that the 20-year-olds can do. I've heard it said... If you want to plant a church, you've got to do it when you're young, otherwise you won't do it. I say to that, rubbish. God doesn't look at your age, he looks at the heart. He looks at your willingness to submit to him. He looks at whether you are consumed by him, and he will use you accordingly. I want to be consumed by God. Thank you. So age is no barrier. And we're not just about planting churches. Whatever God is calling you to, you don't have to sit there and think, well, I could have done that in my twenties, but I'm too old. I want to say rubbish. Anyone can be consumed by the things of God. Anyone can step into the plans and purposes of God. And anyone can go and do the things that God has placed before them, regardless of their age, regardless of their stage in life, regardless of, uh, of anything, their, their gender, their wealth. It doesn't matter. All that God looks for is a heart that is devoted to him. And so I have to ask myself, is my heart devoted to him? And I want to say yes. I want to say yes. John and Chris, you move into, I don't know whether anyone knows this, I might be about to give out a a, a secret. Right? So gather around, gather. John and Chris are moving to Japan for three months, yeah? Okay, on the face of it, the university will be thinking, we're sending them to Japan in order to work. So, Chris, you're going to work with the space agency, is that right? Yeah. yeah. John, you're going to work with the university doing maths. So, as far as the university is concerned, and if anyone from the university is listening, they're going to go and do that. But God has greater plans for you. God has greater plans and purposes for you. God wants to use your three months out there to do something that is way beyond what the university are expecting when they bought your ticket. Okay? Chris, could you come and join John at the front, please? 
And can you stand up? Can we have a couple of people just gather around them? Because I want to pray for them as uh, as they go. You know, I'm sure John and Chris won't mind when I say they are in the over 50s bracket. Okay? One of us in the over 60s. <laughs> but... Age is not a barrier against fulfilling the plans and purposes of God in your life. And so, John and Chris, I want to speak over you the courage of Caleb. Caleb went to Joshua and he said, now give me this mountain. God has placed things, desires on your heart for your time in Japan. And I want to speak the courage of Caleb over you. And I want you to declare to God, now give us this mountain. Maybe it's to see a church for. Maybe it's to join and strengthen a church. Whatever it may be. Maybe it's to see colleagues coming into relationship with Jesus when they hadn't had that before. Maybe it's to take people into the presence of God so that they can be baptised in his spirit, filled with new gifts and and moving on um, in all that God has for them. I want to say to you guys, declare to God, Give me this mountain, because it is already granted in the spiritual realms. And as you go, you go as a stone falling in water that will disrupt what is happening out there. And you go as people, yes, you're going to do some work for the university, but God's plans and purposes are so much more than that. And you go to take the presence of Jesus into that situation and declare over it, God, give me this mountain. So, Lord, we do pray for John and Chris as they go. And we pray, O oh Lord, that you will meet them where they're at. You will fill them with your spirit once again. And, Lord, I pray that you will give them new gifts so that they may be able to use um, in order to spread your word, in order to fulfill your plans and purposes as they go to Japan. And, Lord, we pray... In Jesus' name, that they will see beyond what they thought possible in the time that they're out there. And Lord, I, I pray for, <laughs> I pray for holy problems. I pray that when they get to the end of their trip, they're there thinking, what do we do? God is doing so much. Who do we leave this to? How do we, how do we step back from this and let God carry it forward? And Lord, I pray that they will be blown away by all that you do in Jesus' name. Thank you. Age has no effect. So, if you are... Oh, uh, just before I say that, some of you might be thinking, well, I can't step into all that God has uh, laid on my heart because of the practicalities. Well, again, I say to the practicalities. God will not give you something to do and be oblivious to the challenges, to the practicalities, right? That's, God knows. So let's suppose, right now, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that this is going to happen, right? Uh, but let's suppose that God says to me and Sally, right, we want you to move to Mexico and get involved in a church plan. Now that has not been said, that, I just want to make that clear. Although after <laughs> half an hour of listening to me rabbit on, some of you might be thinking, oh, if only we would go back to Mexico. Um, <laughs> But let's suppose God said that. Tom has got his GCSEs this year. It's also his birthday today. So everyone go and say happy birthday to him. Okay. 
He's 16 today. I remember when he was this big. I remember when he weed all over someone. (laughs) Shall I keep going, Tom? (laughs) That wasn't yesterday, I hasten to add. That was when he was like this big. (laughs) And they were changing his nappy. Anyway, I shall move on. I feel that hole is growing around me again. But uh, God is not oblivious to the fact that Tom has got his GCSEs this year. So God's not going to say, right, I want you to go and do this. And it's like, well, what do we do? God knows and he will make a way. And God's plans and purposes for Tom will be fulfilled regardless of what we do. Because God is bigger than the practicalities that we face as we step out into the things of God. You might say, well, I've got elderly relatives that I need to look about, look after. Well, you know, Jesus was a bit clear on that, you know, and, uh, I, you know, let's, let's be blunt. In Luke 9, he says, don't look back, push forward into all that I am putting before you. But anyway, well, yeah, we've got Sally's mum and dad. If you, if you end up listening to this, I'm not saying you're about to die or anything like that, but, um, we've got Sally's mum and dad. My mum and dad are, are near my sister, so they're fine. But we've got Sally's mum and dad. If God called us to Mexico, what would they do? We trust God. God is bigger. God knows. We don't need to let the practicalities of life get in the way of fulfilling God's plans and purposes that he has placed before us. Because God knows. All he asks is that I hunger and thirst after him. I put him first. I step into his presence. I step into all that he has for me. And he will deal with the rest. So, I'm going to ask, if you are over 50... Will you join me in standing? Because I want to pray for each of us uh, that we are able to step into the fullness of God. There is nothing that is excluded. There is nothing that you cannot do. People are now looking around saying, I'm not standing up. Oh, I'm not admitting to that. Well, you know. Lord, I want to pray for everyone in this room who is over 50. And I want to declare the truth of Jesus over every one here. Age is not a barrier. We heard from Tony this morning as he said, yes, I had a stroke, but God is still in control. God is still in in charge of my future. Tony, age and, and health is not an excluding factor for you. You can step into everything that God has for you, even now. And the truth is, for all of us who are standing, there is nothing that can separate you from the plans and purposes of God. You just have to go for it. You just have to be hungry for it. You just have to step into all that he has for you. So Lord, I pray for everyone standing here. I pray that you will empower them. I pray, Lord, that you will give them a hunger for you that they have never seen before. Lord, I pray that you will you will take them into your presence, Lord, and that you will just... um, Fill them, baptize them once again with your spirit. Let your, your, your spirit rise up within each and every person who is standing here. And Lord, I pray that you will give them dreams. Give them things that, that you are placing upon their hearts that they can then stand up and say, God, give me this mountain. I am as strong now as I was in the days of my youth. And I want to claim this mountain that you have placed before me. So Lord, I pray a blessing over everyone in 
in this room who is standing right now. And everyone else, Lord, I pray, use us for your glory. Let us see your kingdom come. Let us see your will being done on earth as it is in heaven, Lord Jesus. A final remark before I end. Remain hungry until you enter the feast in the heavenly realms. Remain hungry. Be filled with the spirit of Jesus and have the courage of Caleb to say, now give me this mountain. Thank you.